Hello, I'm Jerry Hancock. Welcome back. We're talking to Dr. John Rowe, a licensed family therapist, and we're talking about the subject today of men in counseling. And uh, John, I guess maybe the first question I would ask you is, why do men resist counseling? It seems women are much more likely to go, and, and indeed they bring us by the ear into, yes. <laughs> into the counseling session. Why are men so resistant to that? Uh, I think men get a lot of rewards for not coming to counseling. For being themselves. For being themselves. Yeah, yeah if they can um, have a good job that pays them well, allows them to have a sense of purpose and maybe status and power, and also the ability to buy boats and wave runners and go on ski trips and you know live the, the good life, uh, they see counseling as unnecessary. Wow, that brings up an interesting issue. So if most of our effort is directed toward accumulating toys, at some point that's got to become sort of shallow and unsatisfactory. Is that what we call midlife crisis? I think that's what midlife crisis is, is about. Yeah. The so, difference between acquiring life's rewards versus going inside and needing to find some sense of meaning and, and deeper purpose. Right. Exactly. Oh, and I assume that another reason behind men resisting to uh, coming into counseling is they know their wife can talk circles around them, and so that she can. <laughs> she's very good at expressing what's on her mind, and we're not sometimes. So, yes, is that part of the problem? That is absolutely part of the problem, and it's 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 also a problem of of power. If a woman is really effective at being able to communicate her feelings. Uh, and a man does not feel able to do that, it becomes a power struggle. Uh, men actually are quite able to talk about their feelings, but oftentimes what happens is the person they find to share their feelings with is not their wives. Mm. It's uh, maybe a secretary at work or a woman they've met at a conference. And uh, one it's would think still, that, uh, my wife doesn't understand me. Really. Exactly. Yeah. You know, our projection is often that what men are doing in affairs is, is having a lot of sex. And that may be true. But what they're doing most of is they're bearing their souls. Yeah. Or the other option sometimes, I guess, to talking to the secretary is talking to another man in a bar and just describing, uh, you know, how bad his wife is for not yes. doing whatever, whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so when, when a couple comes in for counseling then is and the issues that they bring up to you uh, are they all that different from a man versus a woman uh, I would I would assume they are well they're similar and different um, men I think need closeness just as much as women do um, but where men and women are different does have to do with the nature of how a man's brain and a woman's brain is wired, men are uh, wired to become sexually aroused almost instantly. Whereas women's brains are not wired that way. And any man uh, can tell you that. Mm -hmm. That uh, women often are focused on so many other functions that uh, are on their plate that they actually have to actively become conscious of their sexual desires in order to be available to a man who is wanting to be close in a physical way. And that's a big problem. Wow, wow. So they start out at very different points then. It, I would imagine it takes some effort to, to get together. Oh, yes. Uh, a man can work all day and come home and help out with the evening meal and getting the children 
bathed and ready for bed and has no problem being sexually aroused, whereas the, the woman uh, needs uh, some help, mm. uh, either needs uh, some patience or needs to actively allow herself to uh, be close to a man and take some time to begin to fantasize and to allow the, the natural bodily feelings to emerge out of that kind of approach. But a woman can't turn that sex switch on and off the way us men can. Right. And so I would, I would imagine that in counseling, if they talk about sexual issues at all, that they're probably screens for other issues that are going on behind the scenes. Is that true? Uh, not entirely. Uh, sex really is part of the glue that holds uh, a relationship together. Uh, and when the sex is going well, it doesn't mean that it's that frequent or that intense, but both people are comfortable and usually the rest of the relationship goes well. Mm. But when the basic friendship in the relationship begins to really erode, then sex becomes uh, very dutiful and almost impossible because sex, for women at least, has to be rooted in uh, trust, in um, understanding, compassion, the whole package. So. Uh, the short answer to that then, if a man really wants more sex from his wife, the, the best route to doing that is to be more understanding and empathic toward her. Yes, and more, uh, it's interesting the way you said that because uh, what's missing there is the man also needs to be more understanding and compassionate toward himself. Oh, right. <laughs> so talk some more about that. What would that mean? Well, well that, that would mean uh, getting in touch with his own struggles, his own inner struggles. Women, as much as anything, would love to hear a man talk about what uh, he questions about life, about himself, what he wonders about uh, secretly. But that means being vulnerable, and we've been taught not to be vulnerable, That's right. right. So, That's right. So how do we get around that? It's, it's quite a challenge, and a lot of the work I do in therapy is try to build a relationship with trust with a man to, to let him know that I'm not going to push him where he's not ready to go but at least ask the questions about how does he deal with his inner world. Um, and if he can talk about it and receive not judgment, but understanding, then men and women can make lots of headway in this area. So in a, in a perfect world, just uh, thinking out loud, if a man could be vulnerable with his wife, knowing that this was not going to uh, you know, emasculate him in some way, um, wouldn't that go a long way toward... Uh, creating some closeness that he is obviously looking for. Oh, yes. But yeah. but why do we, I mean, how do we get there? If, we, if our, all our conditioning and all of our upbringing has taught us not to do that. Yes. Well, it's it's a it's a, a mountain for men to, to, to climb because they've got so much baggage from the past that there's uh, usually some unconscious voice that's very actively telling them not to expose their feelings, not to need... Uh, for fear of they'll be seen as weak. So it's it's really a hard thing, a very hard thing. Well, I would add to that, uh, and check me on this, that I see a lot of men who go from marriage to marriage or relationship to relationship, and they assume that it's this woman's problem, that they, you know, and all of a sudden it looks like several women have had the same problem, and actually it could be his problem that's causing the issue. What do you think? Yes. Well, I can speak from my own experience as well as the experience of others that um, change in relationships does not necessarily change oneself. 
And while the courting phase can be exciting and wonderful and you can feel that you found finally your soulmate who understands you, if the inner uh, rules that we live by don't change, uh, pretty soon the new relationship starts feeling a lot like the old relationship. Right. And I would assume by inner rules you're talking about the tapes we play and listen to ourselves, the That's old right. baggage that we bring into the relationship right. and all that. Our conditioning. Yeah, but most guys don't see that as a problem until they hit a speed bump like uh, she says, I'm going to walk out on you. Well, we're, we're actually trained not to see. Yeah. <laughs> that if you're a man who uh, spends a lot of time uh, looking inside, you're considered to be effeminate or navel-gazing. Um, or somehow not manly enough. So we get a lot of rewards for not seeing inside. Uh, even though, you know, this is the kind of thing that in the Christian tradition, Jesus talks about all the time in the parables, those who have eyes to see, let them see. Uh, but men are trained often to not see. It, it uh, always amazes me that women so readily open up to each other and build close relationships very quickly uh, and men take so long at this and if they do it at all yeah. uh, and and seems to me women have the advantage there because they have a support system that we seem to never develop they do in one limited sense uh, women do traditionally relate better to women than they do men they have baggage as well. Yeah. And I haven't met many women in my uh, professional career or in my life who haven't been harmed by men in close relationships, beginning often with their fathers who were distant, preoccupied, uh, women who missed what every woman needs from her father, which is to experience her father's delight. And if a woman doesn't get what she needs from her father growing up, this gets projected into her relationship with uh, her partner. She may say she wants closeness consciously, and she does, but unconsciously she's terrified of getting close to a man who may also hurt her mm. or abandon her or take advantage of her. So women have their own inner work to do. It's not all men need to do inner work. I think uh, That's an important point. Um, Mark Gunger, who does these comedy tapes about men and women and their differences, he says... That he asked women, well, can you describe what you would need in an ideal man? And so when they list all the characteristics, he said, that's another woman. <laughs> so how, how do we get to be what they want without becoming effeminate or, or giving up our masculinity or whatever? Well, the thing that I think about with your story um, is that no one can do this work alone that men need women's help and women need men's help because trust is such a fragile and foundational thing that uh, no one can do it on their own. Uh, all of us have brokenness inside and in a relationship uh, at some point couples will have to face their individual brokenness uh, what's incomplete from their past in order to to really understand and get close to each other. So for a man, this might mean having to do some serious self-examination uh, after a separation or divorce or whatever that he might never have done before. Yes, yes. But how can he, how can he maybe do that beforehand so he doesn't have to go through all that? What, what would you say? Um, sign up for one of your men in balance groups. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we've found the answers to preventive maintenance for men yet. Um, 
There are some churches that are very active in small group ministry that, that I know of that provide safe places for men to gather. And, you know, maybe that's part of the answer to your question, Jerry, is men need to have opportunities to meet with other men uh, before they reach midlife so they can begin to face some of this stuff because it's there all along. Um, but aside from that, I, I think men are left with uh, waiting until something crashes. Hmm. Um, so when you have a couple that uh, commits to renew their relationship and maybe try to put some spiritual underpinning to it that might have been missing in the past, uh, does that usually help, would you say? Uh, ask the question again. When a couple makes a commitment to continue the marriage, even when it's been in trouble, and they try to put some spiritual underpinning in it, like uh, doing devotions, going to church, doing some things that they may not have done. Do you find that helps or not? Oh, well, it, it absolutely can help. And the research says that uh, even a marriage that is damaged by uh, multiple affairs on the part of one or the other or both in a relationship these relationships can become really strong if the couple will pay attention to the lessons they need to learn. Uh, what was the, the environment that maybe provided the opportunity to stray from the marriage? It doesn't mean that it's the fault of the, the wife or the husband for that matter, but each side begins to look at their own responsibility in what um, eroded the trust in the marriage and how to rebuild that. Uh, some of my most enjoyable work is with couples who have gone so far down that they're ready to, uh, to learn lessons that can last them a lifetime and they can have wonderful relationships. Like anything, it's not a guarantee, but the research says that the majority of couples who've been damaged in that way can rebuild wonderful relationships. But it takes time, I would assume. It takes time and it takes a lot of work. Yeah. Um, okay, we have about a minute left. If you're talking to a guy who's been avoiding counseling like the plague because he just doesn't want to go in there and bear his soul to somebody else, least of all another man, um, what do you say to him? What, what would make it a little easier for him to come in and talk, even by himself? Well, you've asked me a question that uh, I haven't really thought about how to promote counseling to somebody or inner journey to somebody who doesn't see a need for it. Um, I think the most we can do is point to, uh, try to encourage men to be curious about what's missing in their lives, uh, to ask them to try to imagine where they want to be in five years and do they feel like they're moving in that direction or do they, do they see uh, roadblocks. Most men these days, with the change in the economic culture and the social fabric of, of our culture, uh, cannot look to uh, 30 or 40 years in the same vocation without facing some sort of um, transforming experience. And that experience will either be break them down or it will help them find new life. Um, so whatever ways we can do to help men reflect on what uh, what they're facing and what they're dealing with. I think we have to try. Well, our time is up. Thanks so much, Dr. John Rowe, licensed uh, family counselor, for being with us today on the subject of men and counseling and the issues that they bring to counseling. 
Uh, be listening again when we talk about couples counseling. We'll talk about spiritual development in men and many other topics. I'm Jerry Hancock. Thanks for joining us.